0: Second and eight. Breeze throws, and he's picked by Devin White. Another turnover, and White picks his way down the sideline. Let's go! Takeaway number three for this Tampa Bay defense. Devin White seals the deal for the Bucks. What a player, by the way. My goodness, looks like an all-pro talent. Huge win. Tampa Bay moving on. Welcome in. One of the most exciting Weekends in sports. We'll talk about the two games, who's going to make the Super Bowl. But before I do, uh, special installment of the Game Day podcast, Marcus Moser. That's, you know, this is normal, right? I should say it's always special to talk to you, my friend. So good to talk to you. And Connor Rogers, friend of the show, uh, Bleacher Report draft analyst. Uh, Connor, you're also uh, my Mets source, my Jets source. Um, what else are you doing? You're, you're bouncing around all sorts of places.
1: If there's a bad New York team, I'm probably associated with it in some way, except the Knicks. I love my Knicks, but I'm not doing any analysis. I'm not doing any fan takes. I'm staying away from it all. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Obviously, the Jets and all these rumors with Deshaun Watson, uh, the Mets are in the news for not-so-good reasons. But when you look at the playoffs right now, unfortunately the New York teams are not ever involved in that in any recent years.
0: Yeah, see, Marcus, you've got extra chum. There's more chum in the water this week to to, (laughs) – Harass us, uh, said fans. Um, but there's actually some entry, too. You alluded to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll talk about him. We're going to talk about New Orleans. Uh, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. Uh, we've got Philip Rivers, our mascot, and we've got a legacy to talk about. Marcus, off the top, you and I, we met on this podcast. And Philip Rivers instantly became something that we we debated, mm-hmm. we enjoyed. Uh, I talked about sending you a jersey.
2: What are your, your quick take on Philip Rivers before we dive in a little bit lengthier later on? Yeah, first of all, congratulations, Phil Rivers, on a fantastic career. But I was you know telling this before the show uh, it's sad because my cash cow is gone. I've made so much money over the years betting against Philip Rivers that I'm going to have to find a new quarterback to get bet against in 2021. What a legacy to be tied in to, to betting against the Marcus Moser Philip
0: Rivers uh, connection. Uh, reminder, guys, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and go to thegameday.com to shop around. This is a good week to shop around, see what prices you can get. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, okay, so trend. Marcus, I wanted a bounce back week. I got it. Three and one, uh, 29 and 24 on the year. You were two and two, 33 and 30. So still productive, Mm -hmm. do things a little bit differently. Normally we talk about, you know, what we learned, but we want to go by game by game and uh, we'll we'll talk amongst the group and we'll start with just Packers, 32 Rams, 18, the Packers covered the seven total goes over. This felt like maybe the meat grinder game and it wasn't, there was actually points in here. So uh, Marcus, I'll start with you and then Connor jump in. What, what jumped out about this particular game?
2: Yeah, I actually think the Rams played pretty well considering Uh, Jared Goff came off a thumb surgery. There was no Cooper cup. Aaron Donald was beat up. I don't think that win was as impressive for the Packers as what many people are making it. Uh, And, you know, I I think going into this weekend, I'm a little bit nervous about these. Interesting.
0: What about you, Connor?
1: I think when you look at it, Green Bay is really clicking on all cylinders right now. But I do agree with Marcus that, you know, we're not going to take away a ton from this win because the Rams were a little bit hobbled in this one. Obviously, the Packers uh, facing an opponent that they had a problem with before already this week coming up. But the one takeaway I do have from this game that should excite you from a Packers side of things is when teams try to completely erase Devontae Adams, it looks like the Packers do have their number two wide receiver in Alan Lazard as somebody that can be a big contributor. And when you go into this following week, you know the playbook, right? Erase Devontae Adams. And Alan Lazard has shown that he looks healthy. He could step up. He can be your closer. And one thing that I have my eyes on, guys, he's plus 1,400 in a lot of places for two touchdowns. It wouldn't shock me if the Packers have a big offensive day, and he's the reason why in the past game.
0: I thought the Rams had it for a while and then lost it. Like, it was the formula for success – and then the Packers just too much. It felt like kind of how you would game it, the game you would expect. And yet I agree with you guys. There's some, um, there's some reasons to be concerned. All right. So Packers moving on. Let's move to Bills, Ravens, 17 to three. The Bills cover the two and a half, the under, uh, th- that's as easy as an under as you're going to get in a game like this. You had the pick six, you had Lamar. Um, yeah, I-, I think it's actually impressive in my opinion, but Buffalo could win a game like this. Marcus, what stood out for you?
2: Yeah, I think it was Brian Dable's game plan, right? We know how good Baltimore is at stopping the run. So what did Buffalo do? They came out and passed the ball on every single down. I think it was 20 straight passing plays uh, to start that game before we had a Josh Allen rush. I just think it shows you the brilliance of Brian Dable. And I feel pretty confident this week against Kansas City, he's going to be able to come up with some kind of game plan, some type of game script. Uh, to keep the Chiefs off balance, so uh, I think Brian Dable's stock is going way up despite not getting a head coaching job. Adam, I know I was I'm surprised by that too. Uh, Connor, are you surprised? I
0: know you've been ingrained with the the Jets search. It was a guy that we talked about that we would have liked. So, what did you think of the game? and, and are you uh, with Marcus on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the game, number one, yes, they came out throwing like crazy, but it was also nice to see the Bills be able to win a game against a tough opponent where Josh Allen didn't have to throw for 300 yards, right? It felt like they wanted him to, but in the end result, I think he came out, you know, under 210 yards in this game. It was some efficient big time plays. We know how he can extend things with his legs, but I think the Buffalo defense, this is the performance you've been looking for from them to step up and and most importantly, come up with a play when they needed one in the red zone. So situational football for Buffalo, a team that without that Hail Mary, you know, from Arizona in the middle of the season would be on like a 12 game win streak or something absolutely insane. So uh, they look phenomenal right now and getting to Brian Dable. Uh, He's had a phenomenal season calling plays, and it is a bit surprising he did not get a head coaching job or at least one of his preference. A lot of people around the league, uh, some very notable people, had basically written him in ink to the Chargers, the connection with GM Tom Telesco. They go out and surprise everyone and hire Brandon Staley. So I think when you look at Dable, he's going to wait one more year and has his eye on the jobs next year. and I think he feels confident enough to do that because of how well Josh Allen has played under him, notably this season.
0: It's, at, it's a great point. It's like a college OC that has a quarterback for another year or a great position. No that rush. You make, a lot, make a lot of money and be even more selective. Still a surprise, though. I mean, again, given the season they've had, I thought for sure he'd be gone. All right. Kansas City 22 to 17 over the Browns. Cleveland covers the eight point spread under 56 caches. Um, Marcus, why uh, are you running an injured Patrick Mahomes
2: on an option? Okay why would why just why because Andy Reid doesn't live in his fears right he's gonna call the best place to to maximize his he offense. should have and feared think, that
0: though because it could it was I very know,
2: fearful I I'd feared for him and I also think he knows hey if Patrick Mahomes goes out Chad Henney's good enough <laughs> oh, to get me by I mean it's even I mean scarier. we saw it, right I mean I I just think that's just not something that Andy Reid and Eric enemy ever think would happen that he would basically get choked out on the way to the ground uh, I still, I still have some questions about Kansas City though, Adam, because Cleveland had their chances to win that game even before Mahomes went out. Like the Rashard Higgins play uh, was awful. They were moving the ball up and down the field. They had some curious decisions to punt the ball in situations where maybe they shouldn't have punted. So, gotta admit, I am a little bit concerned about Kansas City going forward. Connor, when that Chad Henne play is called fourth and one,
0: and you're and he's dropping back. What is, what is your emotions, and then what were your thoughts of the game?
1: Absolute shock. And when you look at Andy Reid, talk about a guy that just lays it all on the line. He doesn't care who is under center back there, apparently. But I think when you look at it, you know, going back to what Marcus said, they kind of called and played this game like it was the Super Bowl, right? You mm-hmm. look at a bit of a reckless call with Mahomes. You look at going for it in that situation with Chad Henney, which it worked out. I think Andy Reid's his aggressiveness is what makes him such a great coach. But notably now, it feels like he's gotten a lot better and gotten away from that poor reputation of how he manages the game and how he manages the clock. So I think that's quietly a storyline that no one's talking about. I don't think the Chiefs have played their best ball this season, even during the regular season. And they're one of those teams that – the, the light really seems to go on when the moment is in its biggest time of the year. And I think we're going to see that going into next week, as we saw a little preview, even with Chad Henney. And yes, a little bit of luck there, right? You talk about the hit and the fumble into the back of the end zone, probably an illegal hit, a stupid play reaching like that, that a lot of coaches will tell you not to do. So, yes, was there a little luck here? Of course. But they also closed out the game with their all without their all-world quarterback.
0: I wonder without a Super Bowl in his back pocket, if that play call is different, because you do have Have kind of money. He's like, whatever, (laughs) what are you going to do? Fire me? Like I'm good. Right. I could do this thing, but I, I I will say that call. I I give him a lot of credit because he knows exactly the good and the bad that will come from that afterwards. And that, that takes guts, but yeah, the option, like, dude, there's other ways there. There's, there's other ways. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. And the last one, uh, Tampa Bay, 30, New Orleans 20. Uh, Tampa covers the three-point spread, the under 50, uh, three and a half cash. So very big week for the under, by the way. The Rams are the only participant where we, we go over. Um, I look my my snapshot takeaway, Marcus, is Drew Brees. And you talked about the injuries and the resounding factor. And um, it was hard to watch, frankly. I they they were they played the type of game where they could win that, but they didn't get enough on offense. Uh, Jameis had that beautiful ball down the middle of the field, which was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I just think you saw the end of a historic career. So what were your takeaways?
2: To be fair, I think Tom Brady was almost as bad in that game as well. I know know Fox did a great job of, you know, pumping up these two quarterbacks because, you know, it's it's Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But I thought the quarterback play on both sides was absolutely awful. And if Tom Brady plays that way uh, this week against the Packers, they're going to get absolutely blown out. So uh, Tampa Bay needs to get better quarterback play and the Saints do as well next season, whether that's from Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that later. What about you, Connor?
1: I think when you look at it, I mean, obviously it was the end of the line for Drew Brees. The arm just has nothing left in the tank, and it came to the decision for New Orleans where you look at it and go, do we want to try to you know, change something up to win this game, maybe put Jameis out there consistently? And obviously they just didn't have the heart to do that and make that Drew Brees' last NFL memory. It was almost like, out of respect to do that. But I think when you look at their quarterback situation moving forward, it's pretty difficult. You have a lot of guaranteed money tied into Taysom Hill for one more year, and they've shown that they're willing to throw him out there. Do you want to bring Jameis back? What what have they seen in practice that unfortunately we haven't gotten to see? Uh, picking at the end of the draft, are you going to look at a Kyle Trask or a Mac Jones, maybe try to move up for a Trey Lance? Those kind of moves have really, really surprised me. So I think for the Saints – They're entering a little bit of a a phase, guys, of called quarterback purgatory, which, Mm. you know, Adam, as Jets fans, we know that very, very well.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's not purgatory. It's
2: hell, okay? It's straight hell. Uh, Connor, I got a quick question for you. Is that game closer if Taysom Hill starts and plays the entire game?
1: Oh, man. I think so. I I think when you look at it, really, any, and I'm not a Taysom Hill guy, I I, I just saw nothing from Breeze in this game where – I don't think there were a lot of teams that they'd come out and beat in this game. They they just couldn't do anything, unfortunately, with him. And now you look at what teams have saw on film all season. uh, They know Breeze's bread and butter was basically just, hey, dish it out to Alvin Kamara as much as we can. Michael Thomas also playing extremely, extremely hobbled. This was a team that Mm -hmm. unfortunately got close to the finish line and completely ran out of gas.
0: Okay, so this is the... Ideal segue. We're talking about what happened, and you brought up Taysom Hill. So let's let's look at some odds. We're talking about who the quarterback is uh, for New Orleans next year. I know you guys are very both draft heavy, and I think this is interesting potentially. Although they're down the the line a little bit, which will make things a little bit harder. But here are your odds: Taysom Hill minus two fifty. I think that guaranteed money showing up there. Jameis Winston plus six fifty. Uh, Drew Brees in there, I guess, just going to say, you know what, feel better, plus three hundred. Tyrod Taylor plus 1400 Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who's pretty much on everybody's odds (laughs) board at this point, whether they have a starter or not plus 1400 Kyle Trask. Interesting. Hmm. Plus 1800 Marcus, I'll start with you. Uh, Where do you think they go in the immediate future? And then is there maybe a quarterback that you have your eye on for them? Maybe eh, late first round or, or down the line for when it comes to the draft?
2: Yeah, I think we can almost rule out anybody in the first round for them at quarterback in the draft, just because, uh, The options are going to be limited. I would not be surprised if there's five quarterbacks already gone before they pick in the first round. So you are talking about a Kyle Trask and some other guys down there. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Taysom Hill. Uh, That's who the Saints have gone to over the last two years whenever Drew Brees isn't in the lineup. I think they're going to have to change their offense a little bit around Taysom Hill uh, this offseason because they're going to lose a ton in free agency Uh, with Emmanuel Sanders, maybe some offensive line, the defense is going to fall off. So look for Sean Payton to adjust this team around Taysom Hill uh, to to try to maximize that offense with him with one year left on his deal. All right. So Connor, am I, am
0: I crazy that I, Jameis, that throw, he looks physically great. I would give him the keys with an offensive coach like this. I'm actually kind of floored by the reluctancy, but it is Sean Payton. So, Where does Jameis, I look at these odds and I'm like, that's kind of intriguing to me. And yet I get understand why Taysom's going to be the guy. So where do you go with them? And do you think there's a fit potentially down the line when it comes to the draft?
1: Yeah. So I think when you look at it, you know, obviously you would like Jameis Winston back on what under your terms, like a one year kind of flyer. Mm -hmm. This is a team entering salary cap hell. I mean, they are really, really up Mm -hmm. against the wall. And it is the worst time to be up against the wall because everybody online loves to tell you the salary cap is a myth. And to some extent, you can navigate your way around it. But during a pandemic, when that salary cap doesn't keep spiking up, it stays flat or goes down. Everybody's looking around and going, well, we didn't predict this. What do we do? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to make some big time cuts. And I wonder if they can make enough cuts where – I mean, if you're trying to re-sign Jameis Winston, you're telling him, hey, you're in the mix for the starter job. Do we think he's just going to take a a minimum contract? Because I don't. So I think when you look at it, you can't move on from Taysom Hill. Like I said, they structured the money in a two-year window where that guaranteed money is in play next year. You're telling him, hey, you're at least in the mix to start. So for me... I think when it comes down to it, you're going into next year with Taysom Hill as your starter. And I do think that they will explore the draft if they like someone. It's hard to predict right now. You're sitting at the back end of round one. How is Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, who's really that next tier of quarterbacks, uh, how are they going to move up or down the board? Can you sit there and just take one and develop them for a year behind Taysom Hill? I would think that's what they would like to do. And I think those guys might be able to fit their system. Drew Brees really doesn't play out of structure and neither of those guys do. The name of their game is timing and ball placement. So I think we'll see the Saints get involved in this quarterback class if they can make that happen. But I just don't think there's some big money solution here that really fits them because of what they've done with their own cap.
2: And i will also say about Jameis yeah. really quickly is I think he's going to have a market, right? I think there's yes. 16 teams that could be changing quarterbacks this offseason. He might have to weigh his options. Like, is staying in New Orleans with, you know, a significantly worse roster better than going to, like, Indianapolis and playing for the Colts with a great offensive line and a really good defense? So I think he's just going to have a lot of options. I would love to see, well, I don't know as a Jets fan, but you
0: put him with like a Belichick, somebody that is physically able. I think it could be, I just think he got a, a bad shake in all this, frankly. And I, I I love Taysom Hill. I covered him in college. Great story. The fact that he's turned this into a fortune uh, is kind of neat. I don't think a, a, a full schedule of him being the guy is going to be conducive for anybody. Mm-hmm. And as an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner this year, I'm going to run from that, too, <laughs> because the glimpse I got from that was not particularly great. But it'll be very interesting to see. Speaking of interesting, and we've got the perfect guy on for this show. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, has made that very clear. And as a Jets fan, I am I'm looking at my chops. I'm, I'm looking kind uh, of I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to bathe in the possibilities of Deshaun Watson. Uh, going to the Jets and them having a competent quarterback. However, some odds here before we kick it to you: Texans even to land him, Jets plus 400, Miami plus 500, the Bears and Pats plus 900. The Bears going to get maybe a mulligan, albeit a very costly mulligan. Uh, Broncos and Washington are excuse are plus one, uh, oh, plus 100 and 49ers plus 1400. I feel like that 100 might be a typo. Maybe it's uh, plus 1000. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So Connor, I guess the question I have as someone that wants this to, to, that I want to hope this into potential, right? What, what do the jets do here? You know, this organization extremely well, I've been, we've been texting about this stuff, right? So what is, what do the jets do and do they have a shot at him? Well, they absolutely have a shot because
1: they have as much ammo as anyone. Right. And and it starts with the number two pick. If you're the Texans, you're looking at your trade options and going, well, we're trading our 25 year old franchise quarterback we better have an option to, you're not going to replace Deshaun Watson, but to bring in the next guy to build our franchise around, uh, you know, Nick Casero and obviously whoever they hire at head coach, you need to regain the fan base and that's not going to be easy to do. And you want to put yourself in an opportunity maybe to draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson to start that process. If you don't take back, you know, a Sam Darnold or I know two has been connected to them a lot. We'll see about that. But that's why the Jets and the Dolphins are in the mix here, because the number two and number three picks, which was the Texans pick, which is kind of ironic. Let's just start with the trade. It's going to start with three number ones, right? And I think the magnitude of number ones is different, right? If you're sitting here and talking about three number ones that are projected at the end of the round, it doesn't really do much for the Texans. They need top picks. So the problem in all of this, guys, is we could talk about the the Dolphins and the Jets, and now they have the ammo to give up three first-rounders and more But Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, and he can dictate where he wants to go. If he doesn't want to pay state income tax on that contract, he can say, I'm not going to the Jets, no thanks. And I think these are real things that come into play here. We've already heard the leaks about how he likes Miami. He likes Brian Flores there. No state income tax. A roster that, quite frankly, they should have been in the postseason this year. They just came up a little bit short. He knows he can take them over the top. So, There's a lot of variables here. And I think getting away from the Jets and the Dolphins and all of this is, if you're the Texans, you don't want to send Deshaun Watson to an AFC team. You want him in the NFC. You want him gone. So I look at the Panthers who have a top 10 pick. They have a need at quarterback. They have an owner that's kind of the Steve Cohen of the NFL. He's a very aggressive, uh, willing to invest as much as possible So I think when you look at this overall, the race is wide open. Now I would not put the jets at the top. I still think the dolphins would be at the top, but I do think the sleepers here would be the Panthers and the 49ers, because I don't think people are talking enough about how important it is that the Texans want to get him to an NFC team instead.
2: Yeah. And I'll just jump in here and say, I think we are going to see an historic, uh, a trade package for Deshaun Watson. So We've seen over the last couple of years, you know, Jared Goff, the Rams traded two first-round pick and picks and some other picks to go get Jared Goff. We saw Washington give up three first-round picks for RG3. When you're talking about a quarterback who's already played at a Pro Bowl level, who has MVP potential in the prime of his career, already under contract, you're going to see – Connor, you said three first-round picks. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's several more than that because the two teams that are competing for, that, for him in the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, the two teams that we think are the most likely, they can't afford to let the other one have him, right? Because if you're in a division with Josh Allen, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Bill Pelichek, you're going to be at the bottom for a while. So it, you have to go out and get him. I do think Miami is probably the most likely trade destination because they do have, you know, three first round picks. They have uh, some other players. Maybe they could throw in there. I think they're a little closer to competing. Uh, but again, I think this is going to be an historic trade package for Deshaun Watts. I mean, the jets got two first round picks for a box safety, not exactly. better at all. I mean, yep. but seriously. so,
0: so you start there. I think this really is a question about what you think of quarterbacks. What do you think of Tua? And yep. the, the the whole vibe there has been very odd. You've got players saying they wanted Fitzpatrick, and then you know Connor. What do the Jets think of Zach Wilson? Or I'm going to just say Zach Wilson, Justin Fields potentially. But that is you've got cheaper options there. You've got your your path to success. Like Deshaun Watson is obviously maybe a more immediate, but financially, if you think Tua is the guy, or you think Zach Wilson's the guy, and you can get them on rookie deals, so you already have two on rookie deal that's better for you. You've got capital. If you're Miami, that's great for you draft capital that you can use on plenty of really good players, receivers, and then find out. So I think the dolphins are in, are in a really bizarre situation with Tua where they have to make this evaluation on just so little time coming off a major injury. Right. I, so I, 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 I agree. Yeah. You know, so Connor, if you're the jets, you know, you, I know you, and you guys actually, I'd love both of your opinions. If you're the jets and the offer is three first round picks and Sam Darnold. You have two, you have two first round picks for the next two years. Do you pull that off? And I'm, by the way, I'm turning this into a Jets podcast selfishly for me. So I apologize. (laughs) So Connor, does that work? Yes. Does it work? I mean, for the Jets, absolutely. Because number one, if you're
1: acquiring Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold is being traded no matter what. So you're more than willing to throw him in that deal. Now, what I will say is they believe internally that they'll be able to get a one from him in a separate deal. I don't believe that. I think he'll bring back a second-round pick instead. But they think they're – you know, something earlier – Marcus said earlier in the show is the quarterback market is insane this year. There's just so many teams that need quarterbacks. So there's talks internally that they think they can get a one for Darnold. Once again, I don't believe that. So I do think if that was the price – the Jets would do it. Now, can you get him to waive the no trade clause? Nobody knows the answer to that right now. Uh, Can you outbid a lot of teams that that might be able to give you more? Do they like Darnold more than Tua? Do they they not like either of them? Because quite frankly, (laughs) Darnold struggled immensely for three years now. People are very low on what they saw from Tua last year. I think we should give him some more time. But you're also talking about trading a top five quarterback that's 25 years old for a flyer at this point so there's a lot of variables here and i will say this for joe douglas because i think we don't talk about this enough the jets roster is not in the same position as a miami or someone right. like that they have a lot of holes i don't think they would sign up to trade four first round picks and more mid-round picks because they don't want watson to be put in the situation that he was in in houston that darnold was already in with the jets they know that they have to build up this team all the way around. And maybe they do like a Zach Wilson at number two, that they're comfortable saying, hey, we just can't mortgage that much assets as much as the player is phenomenal.
2: Connor, I've got a quick question for you before we move on. Washington, they need a franchise quarterback, but they don't have the draft capital that you know the Jets or the Dolphins have. But they do have Chase Young. What would it take on top of Chase Young to get oh, that oh, deal yes. done?
1: I still think three number ones. And it's crazy because you're talking about one of the best young pass rushers in football already. But I think when you're looking at it, Ron Rivera has shown everyone Washington is going to be a problem in a pathetic division that is the NFC East. I mean, it really is a division that there's no reason he shouldn't be in the driver's seat for the next two years. So it's like the trade. We talk about Jamal Adams bringing back two ones, which is impressive. But we knew those picks were going to be in the 20s. It's actually shocking. It's 23 this year. A lot of people thought it would be closer to 30. Mm -hmm. So I think when you look at it, even if you threw Chase Young in that deal, which I think it would start with that, right? I don't see how Washington can pull that off without a premier player at the front of it. I still Mm -hmm. think it's three number one picks. So like you alluded to earlier in this conversation, Marcus, this is a trade, a magnitude of a trade that, quite frankly, we have not seen in this era of the NFL.
0: I'll go back real quick to tie bow on this thing. Marcus, something you said, I think Texans, this is just a screw up of monumental proportions, by the way, yes. These, this is, you've, you've found the solution to a lot of football problems and you're letting it slip away. That's my final takeaway is yikes, because the way they've botched this and the reputational stuff from like Deshaun all time greats, it's just, it's nasty. And it, it's not just Bill O'Brien, right? It's,
2: it's, it's, that's the toughest part to see. You and know? they still might lock into Justin Fields or Zach Wilson <laughs> and a bunch of picks. So correct. Good job by you, Texans. All right. So, so
0: we alluded to him off the jump and we'll move through it quickly uh, because we got to talk games. Philip rivers, uh, gone, retires, dad gum, amazing statement, multiple dad gums. Thanks his family members, which is like this long. It's like he's reading off a scroll when he thanks all of his children and um, I'll start real quick. And then Marcus, I'm curious. You mentioned the money that, that you've won betting (laughs) against him. I just liked watching him and not because it was pretty, it was kind of the exact opposite. He came up in like a scouting era where we were looking for this traditional mold of drop back quarterbacks with great form and did things a certain way. He threw it like a shot put. Um, he he mouthed off to officials. He was like the most memeable sideline quarterback, right? Because everything had an expression. He threw terrible interceptions. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but he played with the torn ACL. And I I guess my my thought is just, I really will miss the entertainment. Like so often we look at results. For me with Phillip Rivers, it just starts with like that was a weird, uh wild ride. And I enjoyed every minute of it for different reasons. And I, I thought, you know, what a career. But it starts with just a guy that was like a WWE character as a football player.
2: Yeah, I would say he's never going to be in anybody's top 10 quarterbacks list, but he's in my top 10 most fun quarterbacks because yeah. every single week you were in, you know, for a crazy fourth quarter finish, uh, whether it was missed the field goals at the end of games or crazy comebacks. I, I just think he was so much fun to watch. I don't. I don't know if he's a hall of famer. He'll probably get some votes and maybe he'll eventually he'll get in. Uh, But a very good quarterback for nearly two decades. Uh, Shout out to you, Phillip Rivers. You had a lot of fun. Mascot on the show. What do you think, Connor?
1: I I think when you look at it, it was a career that it almost felt like we were so enamored with his antics at times that we forgot how incredible he was and just how, you know, they had some seasons where they would win 12 games and it's like, you come up just short like Mm -hmm. that. So I think when you look at Rivers, the question around him going forward is always going to be, you know, will he get in the hall of fame? And we're in the era of quarterbacks where he's the same question is going to be about around Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger on and on and on. I actually think as great as he was, he might come up short strictly because of the postseason play, which seems to weigh in so much on voters. But in terms of overall quarterback play, I thought he had a better career on the field than Eli Manning, which might be a hot take. I don't know if it is. Or how long he mm-hmm. did it, I mean, we all think he could have gone out there next year and probably absolutely. won and done it again for the Colts. I mean, it is cool to see him go out, not like Breeze, the arm was getting pretty shot, but it wasn't like Breeze where you couldn't have him on the field anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, levels I think, of shot. I, I think he was on a team that was, you know, pretty bad ownership for a while, they didn't want to spend money, and yet true. he kept that Chargers team competitive. So, I absolutely agree with you, Connor. I think he's a better quarterback than Eli. He doesn't have the same postseason success as Roethlisberger, but for most of the careers, he was the better regular season quarterback. And I'm fine with saying that he was a better overall player. I pour one out
0: for a, a, a fan favorite of this podcast and some guy, we had a great deal of fun talking about and debating and, you know, he'll be coaching high school football for like the next three or four decades and probably be awesome at it. Certainly be fun to watch. So Phillip Rivers, congrats. And thank you for all of it, good, bad, and in between. All right, we've got games. We've got games. We've got big games with, I think, pretty interesting point spreads. We've got injuries. Uh, we've got all sorts of stuff to talk about. So let's start with the NFC. Uh, Bucks versus the Packers at Lambeau, minus three, over under 51. Now, weather, of course, is important here. 33 degrees, but maybe some snow, which I think is factoring in. I had looked at it. They're saying – Potentially some snow there, some uh, against the spread stuff. Tampa 13 and 5, 9, 7 and 2 against the spread. Packers 14 and 3, 12 and 5 against the spread. So before we make some kind of fun picks, um, Marcus, I think you mentioned earlier that you, you were maybe uninspired by Green Bay, even though it was sort of a cozy win. What about that performance was
2: uninspiring? I just think there was times in that game where the run defense just didn't look very good. And Sean McVay was able to scheme things up again without Cooper cup and with a quarterback that really couldn't throw the ball down the field. I thought the defense left a little to be desired, but you need to give credit to green Bay In four of their last five games, they've allowed 18 or fewer points. So it does feel like the defense is getting better. It's never going to be the reason why they win games, but if Rodgers could play really well, and I don't think we've seen, uh, that great, great Rodgers game in, in the last couple of weeks. And we haven't even seen it in the playoffs in a while. I think this is the week that we get uh, you one of those historic Rodgers performance. What about you, Connor?
1: I think when I look at this game for me, it's green Bay all the way. And, and I'm with Marcus that I think we get a big Aaron Rodgers game. Now the conditions absolutely play into what they're going to do in the passing game. And we know the bucks have athleticism at linebacker that they might be able to match up against those running backs and coverage, but I, the bucks are very young at corner and I think they're going to struggle against Devante Adams and Alan Lazard. I really, really do. And, and I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to extend, to, uh, extend plays at times to push the ball down the field in this game. This is a game where this might be crazy. I would even buy it up to six points. I think green Bay wins by Ooh. a touchdown. I feel pretty good about that. And, and like Marcus said earlier, I mean, what Tom Brady are we going to get, right? Especially if the conditions are bad. What He has been open about it. He was like, I'm glad to be out of the cold. I'm glad to be down in Tampa. So – when you look at this, I really do believe in Green Bay going to the Super Bowl. And while the game should be competitive, I think they win by
2: a touchdown. I really do. And that's crazy so, so considering that earlier this season we had, what, the Buccaneers win by 35 points or yes. whatever it was. It's, I, but I agree with you. I, I think I feel pretty confident in them winning by 7 to 12 points. And check your your favorite sports bets because that's a band out there that you can actually bet on.
0: How much, Marcus, does Lambeau – because kind of you hit on weather, okay? Naturally, I think a lot of people are going to have this conversation. They're going to look at the cold, which by Green Bay standards isn't terrible, right? I mean, it's I'm not terribly far from there. It's, it's, it's colder than that today. But how much, Marcus, does that whole Lambeau vibe – because I just think of Brady positioning him in that. He did it in New England, right? Like, I mean, this is something that he's not necessarily – it's not new, and yet for some reason it feels like a problem this year. Right, just the well, old guy going out in the cold and snow cold and
2: snow and having to do this thing. Well, we've seen over the last couple of times that whenever Brady's had to play in the cold, he really hasn't played all that well. I'm thinking back to the Titans game last year in the wild card round of the playoffs. He played awful. And early on in Brady's career, that was one of his strengths was being able to play in the rain and snow. I think once you get into your mid forties like Tom Brady is that that cold all of a sudden, you know, every little hurt so i think rogers may be the best quarterback ever at playing in the cold brady he's talked about his blood being a little bit thinner now that he's playing in tampa (laughs) bay i think it is going to affect him a little bit
0: mike evans by the way too connor like has not looked it's not healthy clearly i wonder a guy a guy like that in this is not conducive for a guy that's just limping around all over the place right like one of the numbers that i looked at was over uh 63 and a half receiving yards over under i kind of like the under in that i think that's a guy of all of them because it's been hard to walk i give him a lot of credit too by the way this is not a knock it's just the guys playing really hurt and i don't think this is a situation that that is conducive for that
1: and especially if he sees any you know Jair alexander who is a top three corner in the nfl right now so when you look across the board i mean there's a lot of things going against the bucks here and I know this seems, you know, ridiculous at times, but I really do think the Packers feed off of the weather at Lambeau. And they've said with the fans back in the building now, they are loud. They are making noise. They gave them signs or whatever it was that are really loud. They're they're finding ways to make it feel a little bit more normal. And that's not easy in the postseason. It's really not. I think Green Bay is just they feel that energy, they feed off it, they want to play that style of football. We've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of scale it back from being a freelancing quarterback to a guy that is feeding off timing, is is accepting the system, is getting the ball out of the pocket when it needs to get out. So I look across the board and just think a lot of things play into Green Bay's favor here. Why, for the Bucks, it seems like there's a little new problem nagging them each week.
0: One last question I wanted to bring up, and Marcus, I guess the total here of 51 51- it's not insane. It feels about right. And yet there's always now, we, you know, every gambler is going to play weatherman uh, just trying to figure out what will the snow be. And yet we saw Rodgers in the snow carve people up and mm-hmm. about score, score three <laughs> touchdowns. So part of me actually thinks last week was a very, it was an under heavy week, except for the, the, you know, the Packers involved. I actually kind of, I do like the over as one of my official picks on there in this game, regardless of weather. I think Green Bay is still going to put up points. I don't get scared by the snow. I'm wondering how you handle those situations.
2: Yeah, we've seen over the last two decades that the snow and cold really don't affect the over at all. Now, rain and wind do, cold Mm -hmm. snow do not. So, as long as no wind, by the way, windy is the wind is supposed to be good on Sunday. Perfect. Then I I expect a ton of points in this game. Uh, I'm expecting Packers in the low 30s. These are the number one and number two scoring offenses in the NFL this season both averaging over 30 points a game. Again, we both, I mean, all three of us like, it sounds like Green Bay to cover this spread. Uh, The over feels like a good bet as well. Okay. So I'm overing. I like Green Bay. I like Green Bay
0: first half minus two and a half. I think they're going to get out to a better start actually than we saw last time. The other one I like, even though we've seen our guy Dylan from Boston college look good. I'm going to go Aaron Jones uh, over 59 and a half rushing yards. I think you're going to see him have a better game. I just think offense. If this is like a 10 3 game, um, if Tampa Bay wins this game 10 3, it's not going to be a very good Sunday for me. Right. So, so I've got some official picks here. Connor, you, you, you like, you're talking about maybe some alternate spreads. What about the total? Anything else you like in there?
1: Yeah, I think when you look at it, I mean, that total I would go over as well. I I think it is low, and I think it's a bit of mind games with the weather. You know, Marcus made a good point. You could just make it weather and everybody reacts, but it's what kind of weather. If it's Mm -hmm. cold, it doesn't really matter. If it's it's snowing, if it gets – it depends on the kind of snow, but once again – The big thing everyone worries about is that wind because of field goals, which we've seen it even affect a guy like Justin Tucker at times. And I don't think we're going to have that. So I like the over in this game. I'm buying the Packers up to six. I really do Mm. think they win by a touchdown. And then, like I said, the super, super long shot bet is Alan Lazard scoring twice in this game at plus fourteen hundred. You throw ten bucks on that. You come away with over one hundred dollars. It's just a little fun one for the week. The running backs, it's interesting that you say that, Kramer. The running backs of the Packers fascinate me because there's weeks where Jamal Williams is involved. Sometimes they rotate them back and forth. I've noticed in the postseason they haven't been doing that. And Aaron Jones, they're expected to have some kind of contract talks at the end of the year. But it seems like now they're getting to the mold of just ride this guy, right? Just get it going down the field. So I'm curious to see what the lines are for all three running backs. But that does seem like a low rushing total for him.
0: Marcus, where are you going? Official official picks here. Yeah, we got a lot. This is
2: where it gets kind of Super Bowl-esque, where you start throwing all sorts of things out there. Yeah, so this morning I did a lot of research on the Aaron Rodgers passing yards total. And again, depending on your sports book, so make sure you shop around. That number is anywhere from 279 to 284. Uh, I'll even go 280, over 284 and a half. I think this is just going to be a huge passing day for them. Uh, Vita Veya is coming back for the Buccaneers one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the entire NFL. Don't look for Green Bay to, to just hammer the running backs in this game. I'm looking for Rodgers to throw 40, 40, 45 times in this oh, game yes. and to easily go over 284 passing yards.
0: I, I looked at that one too. All right, so we are all on the over. We all like Green Bay. We've got some prop-oriented things. We've got some parlay action with already with one game. We've got a, a multiple uh, – things that we like to sink into, and we haven't even covered our game yet. Let's do that now. Bills versus Chiefs. Chiefs minus three. Over under uh, is uh, – what is the over under here? We have it erased at four, uh, 50, uh, 53. 53, and 53, yeah, there you go. So, uh, okay, so, Marcus, I – it starts with Mahomes. A little birdie, birdie told us today that he practiced full participation participant. Even the days that followed, it seems like they've been kind of gearing us up for will he play or not? Mm -hmm. I think he's going to play. Do do you have any doubts? I guess, do you think he'll play? And I know you're not a doctor, um, but what do you think you'll see? Because it's not just the neck. It's not just the concussion. It's Mm -hmm. the foot. The foot looked pretty debilitating.
2: Yeah, I think he is going to play. And the question I've been kind of grappling with myself all week long is, okay, if he doesn't play, what is this line going to be, Adam? Because How many points is Patrick Mahomes worth? I think off the top, you're saying seven. That feels a little high. So even if Mahomes doesn't play, I wouldn't be shocked if this line just gets down to even because Andy Reid is really, really good. And I think he can win playoff games with Chad Henney. I don't think you're going to need to worry about that. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to play. I think he's going to be fine. It sounds like he was good in practice. Uh, Expect him to be on the field.
0: All right, Connor. So what is your assessment of the Chiefs, assuming Mahomes does play uh, what do you think we'll see out of him I think this is a game where you're going to have a lot of wide receivers you know like we saw with Tyreek maybe gets the ball out of the backfield you could be creative you've got enough playmakers there where you don't have to ask Mahomes to do a ton if he is limited right this is a spacing offense so what is the game plan you think Uh, assuming Mahomes does play probably not going to be himself so how do you handle that
1: Yeah, I think if you're worried about his mobility and obviously they're not going to design runs, I think we could rule that (laughs) out. You're not looking at his rushing total or anything like that. You're just looking at how he can play out of the pocket and extend plays. And fortunately for him, I don't think he'll have to do that as much as he normally does because really the key to this game is the Bills pass rush, Mm -hmm. which has come and gone at times all season. And if you ask any Bills fan, they'll tell you uh, that's really the one question with their team at the moment is generating a consistent pass rush. Against an offensive line, that you know, is it perfect? No, but do they get the job done week in and week out? It seems to be that way. So, I think when you look at it, I'm not going to doubt Mahomes at all. I'm not going to be skeptical about Mahomes at all. I think this is going to be a shootout. I really do. I, I think we're going to see another game go the over. I think that a lot of people are looking at, you know, can Josh Allen keep up with him? And I, I think, quite frankly, the Bills' offense can. So, Mahomes in this doesn't really scare me at all. It feels like a lot of chatter right now. And I know some sports books won't even let you get in on chiefs action because they're waiting for the official injury designation, but I just don't think it's going to be a problem in this one.
0: So you bring up a good point about the points, because I think you're going to see two recoil effects. We talked about the last game, the weather people are like, wait a second. And then you're going to look at the bills that scored 17 points. And you're going to, you're going to look at the chiefs injury and people are going to back up. I'm, totally with you by the way I think these are gonna I think there's gonna be a lot of points I think you're gonna see the offenses bounce back I do want to uh, as we talk about just the flow of this game like the Chiefs not being able to cover was adorable back in like late November right like around Thanksgiving wow they haven't covered since the Jets of course it's the damn Jets but like wow this is what they do like we are here like almost three months later and they still really can't cover a game the Chiefs can't so, Marcus, like we've talked about it. Is it, you know, is it a lack of motivation? Well, there's no lack of motivation now. It's to get to the Super Bowl. The game's only three. So, it's probably less important if you cover or not because it is a field goal game. I still, the takeaways I had from last week, even when Mahomes was in, kind of coincide with the fact that maybe we've um, hyped this team up to be this larger than life force, and maybe it is not. So I kind of, I have to struggle with that. Does that make sense, Marcus, in terms
2: of how I'm trying to figure out how good this team actually is? Yeah, because, you know, since that Jets game, I believe it was on November 1st, they haven't won a game by more than a touchdown during that entire stretch. And you mentioned not being able to cover. I just, I I think in a game where the spread is only three, it's just not that big of a deal because if they win, they're probably going to win by three or more. I I just wouldn't worry about it too much in this one.
0: Well, let let me then ask you this as we get into picks, I think that spread speaks volumes. Uh, if you would have told me a couple of weeks ago that that would have been the case, we would have kind of, our eyebrows would have raised, right? That number's come mm-hmm. down despite Buffalo's offense, um, you know, struggling
2: last week. So as you look at this game, Marcus, where where you lean on the side? I still got to take the chiefs. I mean, we know how good the chiefs are at home and again, it's limited number of fans, but being in Kansas city, Uh, they're just so good. Andy Reid, one of the best game planners that we've ever seen. Uh, You know, Connor, you mentioned it about the Buffalo's pass rush. If Jerry Hughes isn't getting pressure, Buffalo doesn't have anybody that can create anything. So they need to make big plays in their secondary. Now they have with Teron Johnson and Tredavious White over the last couple of weeks. I just think the Chiefs have too many weapons on offense. They can stretch you vertically and horizontally. Only a few offenses in the league can do that. I expect it to be close and probably come down to the last possession. But with the Chiefs being three point favorites, I'll still take them to cover. What are you doing, Connor?
1: Yeah, I am too. And I think the problem with it is you're looking at it and you're you're trying to talk yourself into a Bills upset. And what is the reward? Right. The reward isn't that great. That's that's not a lot of if the I mean, the Bills are probably winning this game if they cover. That's what it feels like. I don't think this will come down. Like Marcus said, I don't think this will come down to a point or two. Sure, the Chiefs might not win by 10 or 15 points, but I absolutely think they can win by four or five, six points in this game. And I think when you look at it as well, the Chiefs have been a pretty timely team. You know, they get that honey badger turnover when they really need one or a Frank Clark or Chris Jones sack when they need one. So while they have their own struggles and they don't seem to blow anyone out, they play timely football. And once again, going back to that Bill's pass rush, you can't really run with Tyree Kill that long. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. Uh, They have weapons galore in this game that match up really well against the bills. So I think my problem with it is the reward for a bills upset just really isn't worth it to Mm -hmm. bet on because it's just not that much. It's not really that big of a a line overall.
0: So I have been struggling with this all week and trying to figure out how I want to bet it because I believe the bills can do it. And yet I'm more of a believer in points. So I'm going to go bills over 12 and a half points first half. I, in that way I'm totally. kind of, I, I think the offense is going to be good. I've been doing a little bit more first half points bets. Um, God, did I get hosed by Texas in their bowl game? That one hurts <laughs> so terribly bad. But then I did it last week with the chiefs and got a wonderful late field goal to push me over the 17 and a half um, for, for casual betters. It's actually a really kind of fun way to bet. If you've got a belief in players or offense, or if you think a game's going to go a certain way and yet you're unsure with a game like this, where you've got some injuries, right? You've got not just some injuries, but you have a huge question mark around the quarterback. So for me, I think the bills are going to score. I have the same concerns you guys have, which is whether, whatever version of Mahomes is, can you, can you get to him? And can you stop them? But I think the chiefs are going to do their part. So my thing for me over 53 bills over 12 and a half Marcus, I can't remember because we've been spitting out all sorts of ideas. Total wise, um, do you, do you have a lean
2: here one way or another? Yeah, I think it's going to be under, I, I think okay. we'll have, it would probably be one of those 27 to 23 type of games. Uh, really quickly before we move on one Mahomes stat in the last 24 games that he's started, the chiefs have won 23 of them. They just don't lose very often with Mahomes under center. And when they do win, they typically win by a field goal or more. So don't be afraid of chiefs minus three. <sighs> You know what? I'm, I'm going to take Buffalo. I, I got, I have to take a side in this. Like we have in you. I know,
0: well, no. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I'm going to go Buffalo, but the, the, I, I do, I'm more fixated on the total points here. So I like Buffalo. I'll go over 12 and a half first half, and then I'll go over 53 for the game. Uh, Connor, we're, we're locking things in here before we wrap things up. You like the total you you're going over with me. You like chiefs, correct?
1: That's correct. And then the one prop I'll throw in there is I think Josh Allen's passing yards go over. And the reason they're set around 300 is because he only had about 206 last week. But Josh Allen is a guy that in a shootout should throw for over 300 yards in this game. So I think that's the one you're looking at from the Bills side.
0: I I love this time of year starting getting into fun player props. And we'll do more of it, obviously, for the Super Bowl. But this is where you could take your analysis and strategy and like, look for like, you know, Michael Hardman or somebody to get that first touchdown, right? Like, this is the Super Bowl betting is so much fun, and you get a taste of it uh, right now, right? You get a taste of that. If you want to start, uh, you know, experimenting with it, this is the time to do it. All right. So as we as we wrap things up, you guys, we we all like the Packers, right? I mean, that's we're, we're all feeling pretty good about the Packers. You guys like Packers, Chiefs? I'm going Packers, Bills. I think both would be pretty. Awesome matchups, frankly, right? I mean, Marcus, what 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 do you as we look forward a little bit and wrap this thing up? What are your thoughts on what we're going to get potentially in the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, first and foremost, I think all four potential matchups in the Super Bowl are a lot of fun. So that's that's really good knowing no matter what what the outcomes are this weekend, uh, that's going to be the most fun. But I think it's Rodgers and Mahomes, Chiefs, Packers. You know, we'll have clips all week of going back to Super Bowl one. We'll have the state farm commercials with Mahomes and Rodgers, the two MVP candidates. I just think that's the most fun matchup this year. What about you, Connor?
1: Yeah, I can get behind that as well. I really do. I think when you look at it, obviously Rodgers is kind of the guy that everyone goes, well, he was doing the Mahomes stuff before Mahomes was even in the league. So I think that's a really fun matchup. I want to see Green Bay in the Super Bowl no matter what. But I'll tell you what, I mean, even seeing – Uh, the Bills in the Super Bowl would be a lot of fun. I I think Josh Allen has really transformed himself into definitely a top 10 quarterback. I think at times we've seen a top five quarterback. And I think that you're going to get a shootout almost no matter what. I'll just say this. I really don't have a problem with any of the teams. I don't really want to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, especially (laughs) if what we saw last week is what we're at right now. I want to see either roger obviously rogers but i want to see either mahomes or josh allen and we want points that's what we want in the super bowl we want offense i don't want to see uh brady handing the ball off to leonard for or struggling to push the ball down the field so that's my only take in terms of who ends up in the final dance
0: i'm glad you said it so i didn't have to sound like the bitter old jets fan that i do every week on this i'm just tired of him
1: tired of just, it just tired please. of it. i was tired of breeze too like i didn't want the saints yes. to keep moving forward
0: no, I, I, think, I think either way will be fun. I think these games are awesome. I love that there's field goal games. I actually love there's a potential weather uh, in, in in there. It just adds intrigue. Uh, I do want Mahomes to be healthy enough to be able to be functional and play. Uh, a, because he's one of the most exciting athletes in all of sports to watch. It's it just watching Chad Henney come into a game like that um, – it, it, that was that was suboptimal. No knock on Chad Henney. It's just, and then when he threw that giant arm punt down the field, it was like, oh yes, this is what it's like normally when you have like a normal non-superhuman quarterback. So I hope he's healthy uh, regardless of, of my Buffalo bet. Uh, we we want to see that. So it'd be very interesting to see. Okay, so we do have a parlay. It is not so big. Uh, I of course ruined it by going with Buffalo to add more teams, but we like Green Bay to cover and we like the Green Bay uh, Bucks over so fifty to get one eighteen markets. We've yet to win one of these. I don't believe. I think we would know by now, if we're gonna win one. This is like the best we got. Yeah, because right? I mean, we only is... got two two options this week. So I think I think we're pretty good this week. <laughs> Connor, maybe you are the missing piece to this parlay <laughs> contingent. Maybe you can add uh, a little a little stroke of strategy and luck. Uh, to get things going. All right. Um, reminder, guys, uh, our weekly debates, lots of fun topics this week. Phillip Rivers, Deshaun Watson. Uh, we're going to certainly do more of that in the weeks ahead, especially as we get toward the offseason free agency. We have tons of draft stuff. I'm, uh, if you guys are not following Marcus or Connor, you should be if you're a draft nut because they are already they're digging into the film. They're digging into this stuff. I, I love the commentary. Uh, Marcus, I saw you tweeting about, you know, Western Michigan's uh, wide receivers. And Connor, I know you're, you're a film junk as well so it's it's awesome that this is getting going we got the senior bowl coming up uh connor what what else are you working on other than hopefully figuring out how the mets are going to sign francisco lindor to a 300 million dollar contract where else can we find your work
1: yeah that's enough of a headache but i'm also doing the badlands podcast covering everything for the new york jets of course and their uh tumultuous offseason it just seems like it's always something with them it's like they get the head coach now everyone's like what about deshaun watson and it's like Uh, One step at a time here and and all the draft coverage at Bleacher Report, a lot of exciting stuff coming that way, including all three days of live coverage. So I think I have my hands full, hopefully getting to know, uh, you know, probably at least 400 players that'll be in this class or expected to be in this class.
0: I love the draft, especially for now as the Jets have picks. Marcus, I know you're grinding on film. But you're
2: also doing videos. What do you have going on right now at the game day? Yeah, so I just released a video on my top five most embarrassing playoff moments at all, of all time. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Cowboys were there twice. Yeah. A bit of a tease. Make sure you check that out. Uh, we've got a mailbag coming later this week. Guaranteed to lose, NBA stuff, just a ton of stuff. Uh, so make sure you're following the game day. Awesome. Yeah, we got a lot of
0: sports things happening right now. Also, I'm killing the UFC card, as I told you guys off air. <laughs> Just saying, uh, I'm going to try to find a way to beat Conor McGregor this week, but I'm not I'm not liking it the more I study this. This is going to be my beat. Uh, Conor, hey, man, great having you. Please come by anytime. Thanks for staying the whole uh, the whole podcast. Really enjoyed talking of with course, you. Of course, guys. And uh, we're, we're going to reach out to you soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting me crash the party. It's always fun to go through
1: all these things, especially during what's been a great postseason so far.
0: It has, man. It's been a blast. It's moving too fast. Uh, Yeah, guys, reminder, check out thegameday.com. Do your shopping. Check out what the affiliates have to say. Share the pod. Check out all the other things that Marcus, Connor, and myself are doing over at The Game Day, and we will talk to you guys next week.